Hey, hey. Welcome to Thorn's Jungle. The only podcast called Thorn's Jungle, <laughs> apparently. How's everyone's week going? It's a Friday. Well, it isn't here in Australia. If you're in the US and you're living in the past, man, uh, we're a day ahead of you. Um, yeah, I've had a cool week. I was out probably like 15, 20 minutes north of where I live uh, doing my fauna relocations. So when um, land developers bulldoze bushland to build houses and stuff, I'll go out there and catch as many animals as I can and relocate them to a more permanent bushland. So I was doing that this week. And the first day I was out there, I cleaned up. It was like cold, windy, raining, and I managed to find nine shingleback skinks and one blue tongue skink, um, which is awesome. Like, I, I really didn't expect to find anything on that day. Uh, and they were, well, seven of them were like little babies, and the little blue tongue, the western blue tongue, was a baby as well. Like, they would have only been probably born within the last month or so um we're coming into we're in spring at the moment now what's cool about uh well cool and quite painful about um yeah shinglebacks and blue tongues i mean they're very closely related they're in the same genus uh so they don't lay eggs the mum won't lay eggs she'll give birth to live young so they're born fully developed basically you're like humans and the mum will give birth to like anywhere from one to three uh, babies, right? And each baby will weigh or be the size of one third of her body. So these babies are a third of the size of the mum and she can have anywhere from one to three. Could you imagine busting out three babies all weighing about 20 kilograms each, like 50 pounds? I don't think there's a pain index on the planet that would go high enough for that to register on. <laughs> Poor mum, hey, bloody hell. Uh, and then the, the next day I found I found a couple, um, but it was cool because they were right in the line of the bulldozer, so that was, you know, 11 lives saved. So that, that that's really cool, it makes me happy. Um, but yeah, looking at the animal news this week, uh, somebody was killed by a kangaroo here in Western Australia in Albany, just north of Albany. So it's like four hours from where I live. This guy had a kangaroo. I think it was his pet or lived on his property or something, but it's, it savagely beat him, you know, would have kicked him things like that and they got real long toenails so it, it can do a lot of damage and he was severely injured and called the paramedics the paramedics came and the kangaroo wouldn't let the param paramedics near him to help him so they couldn't perform any first aid on him because this kangaroo was being super hostile towards them and unfortunately the guy died the kangaroo would not let the paramedics save this dude's life. And, I mean, kangaroo 
kangaroos have killed people in the past in Australia. It has happened. It's so bloody rare, but it has happened. And I don't like to say any animal is really aggressive, if you know what I mean. But there are a few that that are that will just outright show un unwarranted aggression like kangaroos do it I've had run-ins with kangaroos in the past they've just seen me and come after me um I don't th- we, we don't know what their uh you know what their motives are they could have their motives where like you know it's a defensive display uh but it does seem unusual that they will go out of their way sometimes to go come over to you just to beat the living daylights out of you um so yeah, that's a crazy tragedy that happened. Um, another thing that's going on is the reintroduction of Asiatic cheetahs, well not Asiatic cheetahs, but cheetahs just in general, uh, to India. India used to have a population of Asiatic cheetahs, also known as the uh, Iranian cheetah. They're a subspecies of the African cheetah. And they went extinct on India uh, about 70 years ago. So they are introducing them back to parts of India. And it's caused, it's caused a lot of controversy because, I mean, genetically they're a little different to the Asiatic cheetah. I mean, there's only like a hundred left and they live in Iran. Iran. Um, so obviously they can't take them out of that country and reintroduce them to India because then it would just absolutely stuff up the population in Iran. Um, so they're introducing African cheetahs. Now, genetically, they're they're basically the same. Like the Asiatic cheetah is a subspecies of the African cheetah, but still, it's kind of like should we not be focusing more on saving the animals we already have rather than introducing new animals into back into certain countries? You know, like for example, I went to India a few years ago to find the Asiatic lion. Uh, and at the time there was only about 500 left the population's grown but they're running out of room so why not introduce an animal that's already native to India and already exists I mean I know the Asiatic cheetah was native to India but the African cheetah is not native to India and that's what they're reintroducing so why not reintroduce the Asiatic lion to parts of India where it once lived rather than bringing in an African cheetah um and reintroducing that you know I, I just think we should be focusing more on animals that we can save rather than focusing on animals that you know no longer no longer exist in that area that's just my thoughts um, I mean it is a bloody cool thing because if they introduce which they already have they've got eight cheetahs uh, ready for reintroduction into India I think they've got five females and three males so it's happening right it is it's it's happening it's going down um but it would be cool you know in a certain way because if you think about it india would there therefore have tigers lions cheetahs they've got hyenas they've got striped hyenas they've got bear they've got sloth bear um they they've got bloody everything there you know that that's pretty crazy to think um so yeah i don't think that I think they should be focusing more on other animals, but in that same vein, it is cool, and I'd love to see how this pans out. Um, yeah, so on to the main topic of this podcast. The Savo Man-Eaters. Now, 
A lot of people probably would have heard about the Savo Man-Eaters or the Savo Lines, um, especially if they've ever seen the movie The Ghost and the Darkness with Val Kilmer and uh, Michael Douglas. It's a sick movie, yeah. It's really cool. Um, I remember when I was real young, my grand telling me about it because she had just seen it at the movies. And I was asking her so many questions about it, like about the lines and stuff. How big were they? Blah, blah, blah. Because I was too young to watch it because it was a pretty pretty violent movie. So I was always wanted to see it. And then when I finally watched it, I was like, oh, wow, that's dope. And then when I found out it was based on a true story, that just made it even more cooler. Like, holy crap, this is insane. And it's one of those... Um, events that it, it's so crazy like I can I can tell you about it I can sit here and talk about it but there are just so many details about this event so I, I have to read it read it out because I, I off the top of my head there's just so much bloody information on this um, where I'm just going to miss some cool details <laughs> because um, there, there are lots of events like this where a certain animal has become famous or infamous for attacking lots of people and being responsible for a lot of deaths. It's rare, but it does happen, and there are quite a few. Uh, you know, it started with the beast of what is it, Gevaudan? Gevaudan? Am I pronouncing that right? I was pronouncing it Gevaudan, my typical Aussie accent. Yeah, it's the beast of Gavorn, but I think it's like Gevardon or something like that. You know, I don't, I lack the French finesse. Uh, but that's that started. The beast of Gevardon was like a couple hundred years ago, uh, and since then there's been quite a few of these kind of rogue quote unquote attacks uh, where animals have become man eaters. And there are certainly animals out there that are man-eaters where human beings are on the menu. And a lion is one of them. Uh, it's an animal where it... It doesn't often, but it will see humans as prey. Tiger, tigers even more so. You know? So this event uh, happened between March and December of 1898 in the Savo region of Kenya. Okay. Now, basically, what they were doing is they were building the Kenya-Uganda railway, and um, so they were linking Uganda with the Indian Ocean. And this bridge that they were building in Savo that went over the Savo River, uh, they had like hundreds of workers, mainly from India. I think it's like the it's a British project and the British occupied India, so why not use them? Uh, and you know, we're not talking about good working conditions here. We're talking about very cheap manual labour, uh, probably borderlining on slavery. Like <laughs> they ain't going to be paid well, you know. But hey, works work. Um, and the dude that was responsible for this project, Lieutenant Colonel John Henry Patterson. So, basically, they've been building this railway, and they get uh, John Patterson 
in to oversee it. I think stuff was going wrong and he had experience, so they called him in. And he was there for two days and then the attacks started happening, right? People are starting to get, you know, rock up dead. Uh, people are disappearing. And, you know, like, what what's going on? Like, the workers are starting to think that this dude that's rocked up is is bad luck. You know, as soon as he rocks up, stuff starts going south. Um, so over the next nine months, they're realizing that the, the I mean, these, the, these are lions that are attacking these people, right? During the night and mainly during the night, people are being dragged out of their tents and eaten by lions, okay? And they start to kind of narrow it down that maybe it's one lion doing this. So what they do is they start... I mean, it would be very... This is my opinion here. This It would be very <laughs> unusual for one lion to eat a man a night, right? Like, lions eat a lot of meat, but they will gorge... And like that'll that'll do them. I mean, if it was a f- if it was a female, if it was a lioness with cubs, then she would have to hunt more uh, to feed the cubs. But gen generally speaking, lions wouldn't eat a human being a day. So this is kind of unusual. So people, oh, and and as well, this was happening so much where they actually got like the army involved right so they actually got officials to come in because this was just getting out of control so many people are dying each night and the workers are getting scared they they want to quit they you know there's a big bloody ruckus going on um so they had to get actual army officers in to help out and the district officer as soon as he arrived and got off the train in Savo, he was attacked by a lion. Okay? He survived, but his assistant was killed. So this dude uh, has these like massive claw marks down him and stuff, but he survived, but his assistant was killed. So he's like, all right, the officials are coming in. I'm going to sort this out. Steps off the train. Boom! Bloody lion attacks him. And then, after a while they realize there's actually two lines and not just one are going in through that boma at a time it's actually two both of them are getting in on the act so yeah both of them started going in and attacking people and killing people it was a it was a killing spree huh and after a while they couldn't you know once they realized that we we can't kill these bloody lines uh, hundreds of workers fled. They just went, nah, screw this, we're out. We get paid like two slices of bread a day to work here. Like, <laughs> why, am I, why am I risking getting eaten by lions for like, what's, you know, one step removed of slave labor? <laughs> uh, it, yeah, it's pretty crazy. So once these officials arrived and after that, you know, the army arrived and after that official was mauled, 
um, they set up like a 20-man team to try hunt these lions. And uh, Patterson set up a bunch of traps uh, and would camp out in trees at night to uh, to try kill these lions. But he just he just couldn't he couldn't do it. Like they they would evade him, you know. He would see them, and they they just, they were smart lions, right? Um, it I mean, lions are in nature quite skittish animals. Like, you know, you've seen you've seen videos of honey badgers <laughs> like chasing lions off, right? But it just sounds like these Savo lions were just desperate, you know. And we'll get into that later, into why they were killing people in this sort of manner. Um, so they reckon over a hundred people over this eight-month period were killed and eaten by these lions. These two lions, all right. That's a lot of bloody people for lions to, to kill, you know. That's 50 people a piece, right? Um, man, my stomach's growling, eh? I've been sipping this energy drink. That might be why. Hang on. Let me take another sip. All right. Okay. So, the hunt is on. The hunt for these lions. Eventually... Alright. Patterson shot the first lion after eight months of this killing spree. Okay. Eight months it took to kill these lions. How smart are these lions? Holy crap. You see fat dentists go out and shoot a lion in bloody ten minutes. But hey, that's they're probably they that's canned hunting, man. They that's a bit different. But these lions evaded a lot of hunters for eight months and just continued to snatch people out of their tents. And I mean, if you look at... If you've seen The Ghost in the Darkness, the camp looks a lot smaller than what it actually was in real life. I mean, this camp had to facilitate hundreds of people, okay? So this camp spread out over like eight miles. It's about 13 kilometers. So it was a spread out camp. So yeah... There would have been some gaps in the fence, you know, for these lions to get in and and snag snag a few people. Uh, and another thing as well, I mean, it was majority Indian workers, but there were also African workers there. But what was weird is, although most of the workers were Indian, the lions preferred the Africans. How's that? Weird, eh? It's like, I guess, like. Um, I don't want to sound horrible or anything, but lions are more accustomed to eating African people because that's what, you know, that's what they're used to. So it, it I don't know, it kind of makes sense. Like, you know, they stick to what they know and that's eating the locals, except, you know, not eating the Indians. But, you know, that, that's just in general, like a lot of Indians were eaten as well. So anyway... Patterson managed to shoot the first lion. One bullet with a high caliber rifle, right? It hit the lion in its uh, back leg. The lion got away. And it actually came back that night 
and began to stalk Patterson while he was trying to hunt it to finish it off. So this lion's just been bloody shot in the hind leg and it's like, oh, you got me. All right, Patterson, I'm coming for you, mate. You're hunting me, I'm hunting you. And, but because it was wounded, obviously Patterson managed to get the upper hand on that and he shot it through the shoulder and it got it straight in the heart and he actually used a more powerful rifle. So yeah, he shot it dead. I mean, he shot it and it ran off, so it didn't die instantly, but they later found its dead body uh, not far from where he shot it. The second lion, okay? The second one had to be shot nine times. Five of those bullets were from the same rifle, so nine bullets to take this thing down. Now, whether or not all nine bullets penetrated the lion, I don't know. You know, they could have been like, oh, I shot it nine, da- nine times, it still didn't go down. But it's like, yeah, but you missed eight, eight times. <laughs> you know, and they just don't want to sound like they missed. But hey, um, the... Hang on, what's this? So, okay, I need to read this because this is, this is confusing. Six, okay. So it was shot up to, up to nine times. Five with the same rifle, three with a second, and once with a third rifle. That's a lot of people firing at this bloody cat. Six finding their mark. Okay, so six bullets went in. The first shot was fired from atop a scaffolding that Patterson had built near a goat killed by a lion. Two shots from a second rifle hit the lion 11 days after it was stalking Patterson and trying to flee. How does that work? Wait... The second line was shot up to... How the fuck does that... What, so it didn't die? (laughs) The shots that from the second rifle hit the... Is this nine times over an 11-day period this thing was shot? It sounds like it might be the case, because 11 days as it was stalking Patterson and trying to flee. When they found the line the next day, Patterson shot it three more times with the same rifle, severely crippling it. It's not done! It's been, okay, six times it's been shot, then 11 days later, he shoots it three more times. And he just cripples it. <laughs> what the fuck? What is with this lion? Holy crap. And then he shot it three times with a third rifle, twice in the chest and once in the head, which killed it. Okay, so it was shot 11 times. Six plus three nine it was shot on another three so it was shot 12 times 12 times it was it had it took to get this fucking thing dead he said it he claimed it died gnawing on a fallen tree branch still trying to reach him uh i don't don't know about that but hey (laughs) you know that's I could see it gnawing on a tree branch because it's probably in a lot of pain after being shot 12 times. So, finally, the Savo man-eaters have been taken down. Okay? Now, what's interesting about these lines are, which, obviously, The Ghost in the Darkness is a movie, so it's kind of like a loosely based movie on the actual events. But in the movie, they're using these big male lions with big big manes and stuff but the lions of Savo are actually are maneless they don't have manes they look just like a lioness uh, but a bit bigger 
and theories about this is because in Sava there's a lot of uh, scrub for uh, mains to get caught in so they've kind of um, developed or evolved so to speak uh, no mains and I guess that would account for how they got into the bomers easier they could actually get through narrower spaces without getting caught on thorns and everything um, so that's interesting so if you picture these lines they don't look like your typical male line and they were both male um, they, they just looked like lionesses um, but after the second one was shot an estimated 130 people had been killed by these two uh, two cats that is a bucket load of people right the first line that was killed measured 9 foot 8 inches 2.95 meters from nose to the tip of the tail that's a decent sized line <laughs> you know that's a yeah that's a big line and it took 8 men to carry the carcass back to camp that's I mean it's filled up on all that human human meat you know it's they're well fed bloody lines at this point um now why did these lions decide to prey on humans I mean apart from the obvious that humans are fairly weak unarmed you know a human is out of all the animals like what can we do without a weapon in our hand what can we do yeah we can fight if you're good at fighting and well trained at fighting um, but an animal that's bigger and stronger than you with gigantic canine teeth and equipped with five two and a half inch claws on each paw you don't stand a chance without a weapon right so obviously humans make a good target but humans also most of the time have weapons and a way of defending themselves so what made these lions come into this camp relentlessly killing people there's actually a uh, few theories now one of the theories was an outbreak of rinderpest which is like a, a cattle disease um which actually devastated a lot of livestock and lions take livestock so maybe these lions because they had run out of cattle to eat decided to go after people you know? another theory is uh, that these lions were used to eating dead humans because the Savo River um, a lot of the slave caravans and stuff like that uh, in east african slave trade uh from zambia always crossed the river there and i guess they just dumped a lot of the bodies in that river and you know they'll wash up and the lions would would eat them um but there is an argument which i find the most interesting because it's like it it makes a lot of sense when these lines were examined uh post-mortem they found severe uh, tooth disease in, in one of them and it had spread to the bone and everything like that you could even see on the skull that there was something going on with this lion's tooth and it would have impeded its uh, hunting abilities if it's catching an ungulate 
you know, like a zebra, wildebeest, something like that. Um, those things bloody kick. They're fast at running. They are a lot stronger than a human being. It takes a lot of energy to take down prey that size and that muscled. And if you've got a bad tooth, you know, that's going to that's gonna compromise that. Latching onto, you know, the, the throat or any, any part of that animal, it's going to... It's gonna be takes take a lot of effort if you have a really badly messed up tooth. Um, so one of the lions had a really bad tooth, so that would that would account for one of them. But what normally happens with male lions if they don't if they're not like you know king of the castle if they're not don't have their own pride, a lot a lot of the times you get like bachelor groups where you get two nomadic males that roam so if one of them's got like a messed up tooth and is eating people uh then you know the other one's probably like hey this guy's getting a lot of food here maybe i'll join in you know so one of them's got a messed up tooth and the other one's like all right i'll come along for the ride i'll I'll go a few people um, but Patterson actually disclaimed it because he reckons the tooth was damaged by a rifle. But, you know, it, it's... I don't think it was just like a chipped tooth. Um, and a study in 2017 actually... Actually, let me read read this because I need to start reading because... I mean, what I've told you is basically just my general knowledge, but I am looking at notes here and it says here, a 2017 study carried out by a team of Dr. Bruce by the team of Dr. Bruce Patterson, found that one of the lions had an infection at the root of his canine tooth, which made it hard for that particular lion to hunt. Which was to grab prey like zebras and wildebeest. What the hell? I just... That's exactly what I just said. Um, yeah. So it looks like it, it, there was a infection or a disease in one of those teeth. And another interesting thing as well is that the claim of 130 people that were killed uh, may have been exaggerated a bit. Okay, now they can they looked at so all right, the bodies of these lions were turned into a rug for Patterson's floor. Okay, then but you know those old school rugs where the skull's still in it. Um. So after a while, they after Patterson died, they took the the pelts, the the skins, and they stuffed Mount. And later, uh, scientists did analysis on the um, I guess the bones or, or the hair keratin, or bone collagen and hair keratin. Okay, and what they can do is they can look at certain I guess carbons or something. Uh, like an isotopic signature that would indicate that it's eating not herbivorous animals like their normal prey would be, but more like omnivores and carnivores, I guess. And they came to the conclusion that the, the human count was more like 35 people that these lions killed. Uh, one of the lions... And they've narrowed this down quite a lot, Okay. Um, they estimate that one of the lions ate equivalent to 10.5 humans and the second lion ate 24.2 humans. 
So I guess they ate a person and maybe an arm or an arm and a leg, right? <laughs> uh, but then what? Another. See, these estimates are always, you know, they can, they're always up in the air. Of course, it was probably exaggerated a little bit, but you know, these pelts have been stood on. They've had the shit beaten out of them. How stable are these collagen structures and isotopic structures in in these in these hairs and bone, right? Uh, so I guess it's a, it's an estimate. Um, and Patterson did say that a lot of the attacks went unreported as well. Uh, so that's indicating that it's more than 130 people or whatever. But realistically, over an eight-month period, these lions killing like 30, 35 people would make more sense to me. Um, killing 150 people in eight months is a bit of a stretch for me. Uh, but hey, you never know. So it's anywhere from 35 people to 150. Okay? Or maybe more. It's still a lot of people. <laughs> for two lines to be responsible for the deaths of that many people regardless if it's 150 or 35, that's still a shitload of people. And the you can see these lines. They're actually on display at a museum. Hey, let me just see what museum that is. Uh, hold on. Hold on a minute. Chicago, Chicago's Field Museum. Yeah, and, and you can actually see photos of the uh, dead lions as well. And what's what sucks as well, the stuffed specimen specimens in the uh, museum don't do these lions any justice, okay? Uh, they, they look ratty as all hell, you know, because the, the skin was beaten up and it was a, they were floor rugs for ages. It doesn't do these lions any justice, you know. It kind of take, takes away a lot of the majesty. These lions, they just look kind of like skinny skinny ratty lines but if you actually see the photos of the dead the lines when they were first gorgeous looking maneless lines you know big ass lines uh so yeah uh pretty crazy like to sum it up lions ate a whole bunch of people that were just trying to do their jobs constructing a bridge and if you haven't seen the movie, I, I suggest you do. Um, Val Kilmer plays uh, Patterson, uh, an Irishman, and uh, try to ignore the really bad Irish accent Val Kilmer puts on. <laughs> it's great. And, actually, I've been wanting to see this movie. It's out of the cinemas now. Uh, what's it called? Beast? It's called Beast. And it's got... What's his name? Indris, Indris Selba? I think that's his name. Uh, but I, I guess it's very similar to The Ghost in the Darkness. It's about a rogue lion uh, basically killing people. And I hell want to see it because I love animal movies like that. You know, my favorite movie is Anaconda. I love Deep Blue Sea. And we're, we're kind of lacking movies now that are just animal attack movies. Straightforward. I mean, look at Anaconda. It's just called Anaconda. <laughs> just about a fucking anaconda killing people and, and I think this is I mean there's obviously Jurassic Parks have come out and stuff but like not just a 
that you know that's a variety of dinosaurs I'm talking about an animal that an animal attack movie that's just about one animal messing people up and they they released one recently and I, I hell want to see it um so yeah I hope you enjoyed this episode uh and I and I hope you uh watch the movie cuz it's a cool movie and I oh as well um in the next week or so, I'm hoping to get Caveman Rob on, and we're going to do a few episodes talking about Kings of Pain, and uh, basically behind the scenes stuff, because, you know, what you watch on TV is just the tip of the iceberg of what actually goes on in a production like that, and all the funny antics that go on behind the scenes, and um, yeah, so it's going to be cool. Uh Reminiscing with uh, with Rob about all that, so that's going to be really cool. And uh, don't forget to subscribe if you already haven't. And um, yeah, give the podcast a rating because the more ratings I get on the um, podcast, and it goes it goes higher up on uh, on the algorithm, I guess, and more people can find it, and the more people that find it, then you know I can just do better podcasts. I can do them more often things like that so it does help and uh tell your friends about me all right everyone have an awesome weekend